We're going to be in Matthew chapter 21 this evening, if you'd be finding that in your Bible, the gospel of Matthew in the 21st chapter. I'm going to talk tonight about the importance of faith and believing in our praying. You know, um, most of us would agree that none of us pray too much. You know, we could all we could all stand for more praying, but just praying in and of itself is not what makes it effective. It's, it's believing and trusting in God, and we're going to look at that together, and we're going to be reading in Matthew chapter 21, and begin reading in verse 18. So if you found that and you're able to stand, let's stand together for the reading of God's Word. If you're able to stand, Matthew 21, um, you'll probably remember this passage of Scripture, if not for any other reason, because we went through it some months ago, going through the Gospel of Mark. Um, where Jesus cursed the fig tree. And um, we're going to look at that together in verse 18. It says, Now in the morning, as he returned to the city. So Jesus has been in the city of Jerusalem. He's been teaching in the temple. He's gone out to the hillside of Mount of Olives, the town of Bethany, really a little village. And in the morning, he's returning to the city. That's what verse 18 is telling us. And in doing so, he was looking for breakfast. He hungered. Verse 19, and when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon, but leaves only, and said unto it, said unto the tree, let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently, the fig tree withered away. It began immediately to wither. Verse 20 says, And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. Just think about those uh, four words there in verse 22. That'll be our thought for tonight. We'll really focus our attention on ask in prayer, believing. So tonight we're going to talk about faith and believing as it relates to prayer. Asking prayer, believing. Let's pray. Father, we do ask you tonight as we pray that you would, you would bless as we study. We pray that, Lord, your word would speak to our hearts. You'd help us to understand, Lord, what you're saying to us. Help us to grow and be edified and strengthened. And Father, I pray that as a result of our study tonight, that, Lord, our prayer lives would just be renewed and our focus would be on 
uh, the importance of trusting you. And we pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Prayer, as we all would agree, is such an essential part of our spiritual journey. Uh, You'll remember just a couple of weeks ago, Brother Hawkins, as he was teaching in the Sunday school hour, he taught a lesson about prayer from Acts chapter 12. And uh, just to kind of refresh your memory, in that passage in Acts chapter 12, Herod uh, had killed Dave, or James with a sword. And, and seeing that it pleased the people, uh, he actually arrest, had Peter arrested, threw Peter in jail, and he, his plan was, of course, to execute him. Uh, the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 12 that the church was praying without ceasing for Peter. They wanted Peter, uh, God, to spare his life and pray that Peter might be delivered. And as an answer to their prayer, God sent an angel. And that angel went to Peter and broke the shackles that were on him and escorted him out of the jail. And uh, when he left, when Peter left the jail, he went, first place he went was to the house where they were actually assembled praying. They were gathered together, they were praying and and asking God to perform a miracle and uh, get Peter out of this predicament he was in. And, um, but when, when they came, when Peter came and t- identified himself, they just couldn't believe it. They didn't believe him. They said, this, how could this be? You know, they were beside themselves. And uh, so uh, Jason illustrated that point that Sunday morning a few weeks ago that, you know, they're praying for his release, but they were surprised that he was released which, you know, in a way it's a little bit humorous, but on the other hand, I think it kind of, I'm not criticizing them because I've probably been in the same place before. I've prayed for things, and if they had happened immediately, like I was asking, I'd have probably been surprised by it. And, and the, point that, the point, really, that I see in this is what we find here in Matthew chapter 21, and that's the importance of believing, praying and believing. Now, Again, I don't think, I don't think our, our prayer, our, our faith is ever perfect. I don't think it's ever 100% necessarily when we pray for something. And as a matter of fact, I'm just thinking about, you know, the man who brought his son to Jesus. And the, Jesus and the disciples had been up on the Mount of Transfiguration. And there was a man down below who had a demonized son. And the disciples couldn't help him. And Jesus came down off the mountain and and engage the conversation, and, and he said to this man, if you can believe, you know, all things are possible if you believe, and he said this, he said, I believe, help thou my unbelief. I believe, I don't believe, I, I got some unbelief, but I got some faith too, and, and by the way, he got, what he, was, he got what he needed, the Lord answered his prayer. So I, our faith is not in our faith, our faith is in the Lord. But what we want to guard against is not praying without believing, and, that, and that's what Jesus was telling the disciples here in Matthew chapter 21. Obviously, we would all agree we need to be people of prayer. You know, Jesus said, Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. James said, You have not because you ask not. So we need to be people of prayer. But here's the point that I want to just uh, talk about a little bit tonight before we pray. And that is this. It's one thing to pray. It's another thing to believe. And we can be praying and not believing. It's possible. And I, want you, I, I hope you'll think about that tonight yourself personally, but it's possible to pray without believing. 
without really believing that God is answering our prayers. And the reality is, most everybody prays at some time or another for something or another. I would agree. I think that's true. Lost people pray. You know, these foxhole prayers where they're afraid for their life and they cry out to God. All kinds of people pray. They pray out of desperation. When they pray, they're about to have an accident. They pray whatever happens. Some people play out of pray out of ritual. They have beads. They pray these beads or they pray to Mary or they, they pray before statues or they pray in the name of Muhammad. All kinds of people pray. But it's one thing to pray. It's another thing to believe. And sometimes I know that I pray and I, and I pray to God but I don't think I'm believing God like I ought to be. That doesn't mean I don't believe in God. Sure, I believe in God. And I believe that God hears our prayers. And I believe that God can do anything in answer to prayer. And, and, and I believe in the importance of prayer. But I may not always be actually believing God to answer those prayers. And I go back to our, our, the point we're emphasizing here in Matthew 21, where he says in verse... Uh, 22, all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. And so the thing I'm emphasizing tonight is not just praying, because I think we all would agree we're pe- we ought to be people of prayer. But we ought to, when, we, when we pray, we ought to be believing. It's the matter of believing. And believing is what's necessary to see God work. The, the end result of praying is not just saying the prayers. The end result of praying is to see God work, to see God's hand move. In verse 19, Jesus cursed this fig tree. When we were going through this in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew, Mark, that's a Matthew and Mark, in the Gospel of Mark, I emphasize that this, what made this miracle unique it was, it, was a, it was a miracle not of fixing something or constructing something. This was a miracle of destruction. He cursed something and it died. You don't see a lot of that, but that's exactly what Jesus did. He cursed the fig tree and immediately it began to wither away. Not just, I mean, we've, you know, you've probably had plants in your, in your, flower garden or in your house in your house or in your tree and, and you watch that things we I'm, I'm thinking of some trees on our property right now that have been dying over the course of years gradually dying little by little year by year some of the limbs are dead some of them are alive some spring I wonder if leaves will ever come back and there they are some of them anyway but this didn't that this this withered away immediately As soon as Jesus said it, it began to die. And verse 20 says, the disciples saw it, they marveled. They marveled, saying, how soon is the fig tree withered away? I mean, they were amazed at this. It was a miracle. There was no denying the miracle. And the miracle was a result of Jesus' words. It wasn't wasn't some kind of a bug got the tree. It wasn't... It wasn't a drought that got the tree. It wasn't the bitter cold that got the tree. Jesus just said 
you'll no longer produce fruit. And from that moment, it started dying. And when they said, how, how soon does this happen in verse 20? Jesus answered them in verse 21 and said, Verily or truly, I say unto you, if ye have faith, talking to them, if ye have faith and doubt not, notice that phrase, doubt not, you shall not only do that which is done to the fig tree, but also if you say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And again, I say it again for emphasis, and all, all things, all things, whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. He said, if you have faith and don't doubt, then you can see similar things happen. Similar miracles happen. All things you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. Let's go to the Gospel of Mark. I've mentioned it a time or two here where we covered this in Mark chapter 11. Um, some weeks ago, actually back in August, I think. Mark chapter 11 and verse 20. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter calling it to remember it, saith unto him, Master, behold the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. Lord, look what happened. Like Jesus didn't know it, might not know it. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. And then he says similar words that Matthew records, For verily I say unto you that whosoever... And Matthew it says ye, but Mark says that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you whatsoever things, or what, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. So, the one I turn to that because in Mark's, Mark's narrative, he puts that statement in there in verse 22 that I think is so helpful, and that is, Jesus answering, saith unto them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Faith not in your, not in your prayers. Faith not in your sincerity. Faith not in your faith. Our faith is not in our faith. Our faith is in God. And he said, whosoever, verse 23, the whosoever... Now, that's not just Jesus, that's not just the apostles, that's not, that's anybody. This promise is for all of us. It's not about age, it's for these little girls sitting up here, it's for any of us. This promise is, is if, if we, we, by the way, we need to see God work. We want to see God work. We, we had a little time uh, Sunday night after the service, the emphasis Sunday night about the gospel and preaching the gospel and the power of the gospel, and we talked about people that we want to see God work in their lives. And, and I mentioned a, a couple that I'm really concerned about and we've talked to and been, we've been praying for them this week. We've been praying that God would work in their life. We want to see God work. And prayer is how God works. God works in answer to our prayers. And so you just think about it tonight. Is there anybody, maybe, 
Maybe tonight you've got some need in your family. Maybe a spiritual need. Maybe in relationships or maybe a friend or whatever the case might be. But he says, whatever you shall ask and whoever shall ask. Whoever shall ask and whatever they ask for, if they can, if, and they're not doubting it. With that, shall not, verse 23, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which you say shall come to pass. Then believe, believing those things is what, what God uses is really his, his uh, to release his power. And it's, and again, in verse 24, he says, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, pray about those things. Whatever it is you want to see God do, you pray about those things. And when we pray, we ought to believe. So faith is more than just saying words, right? It's not just saying words. If, it was, if that's all it was, you know, I mean, anybody could repeat uh, the Lord's Prayer, what we call the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I've got my phone. As a matter of fact, my phone can say it. But I don't think God's going to give my phone its daily bread or deliver it from evil um, because there's no faith involved. There's no person. There's no faith. And I just really feel tonight that as we think about praying here in a little bit, we're going to pray for our conference. We're going to pray, pray for some people and pray for some situations. It's good to remember that faith is not just saying the words. Faith is actually believing. It's actually trusting. It's expecting God to do something. It's anticipating that God is going to do something. And, um, and how is it that it's possible that we could actually pray and not be believing. And I want to just mention a couple of things, just practical things. Number one, we need to think about what we're doing when we're praying. You know, we're not just, we're, we're actually talking to God. We're talking to God about specific things. We're not just going through a list. We're not just checking off a list. We're not... We're actually, we need to think about what we're doing. We're talking to God. We're asking God to do something. And, and another thing I think that we need to consider when it's come to believing, and that is, is this is what I'm praying for, something that I believe God wants to do. Because God is not obligated to answer our prayers just because we ask them. If it's not in his will. And the Bible makes that very clear. That's what Jesus said in, the, in the, um, that model prayer. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, I want your will to be done. That we, and by the way, we can, we can readily figure out about a lot of things that this is indeed God's will. If we're praying for somebody to be saved, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. We know that we can pray according to his will. John said this, that if we ask anything according to his will, we know that he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, we know we have the petitions we desired of him. So, so we need to be, as we're thinking about praying, we need to be thinking about what we're doing, first of all. And second of all, we need to be thinking about, is this something God wants to do? Um, because if we're not confident that God wants to do this, you know, I prayed for a lot of things that I hoped God wanted to do. I haven't done this in a long, long time. Long, long time. But I can remember praying before when, I'm, when I 
have just postponed getting fuel and I'm running low in my tank and I'm running on fumes and I'm praying, God, would you please let me get to a gas station? Now, that was an earnest prayer. That was a sincere prayer. By the way, he seemed to always get me there, but I'm not sure, how do I know that's even God's will? It was probably God's will that I put gas in it before I got that low, right? But the point is we pray things and we don't really know if it's God's will or not. But if we're praying for something and we really want to believe, then this helps if we know this is what God wants to do. And if we don't have that assurance, we're not going to have the kind of faith. And again, maybe this doesn't happen as often as I suspect that it does, but I think sometimes we just pray out of the fact that we want this to be done. We'd like for this to be done. You know, uh, James said that sometimes we pray and we ask amiss because we're praying that we might consume it upon our own lusts. We just want God to do something for us. And by the way, God does. You know, we, we were reminded of this um, recently, how that if we being wicked and evil know how to do good things for our children, how much more will our Father in heaven? He wants to bless us. He wants to do good things for us. But just because I want something to happen doesn't mean necessarily it's going to happen. Faith is really based on what God wants, not what we want. Go, let's go to another gospel. Go to the, the gospel of John. Go to the right a little further. To John chapter 15. That, that really powerful passage about Jesus being the true vine and his father being the husbandman and how he wants us to bear fruit. But Look if you would in John chapter 15 and verse 7. Jesus said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Now that's a great phrase, you, can, you shall ask what you will, whatever you ask. But it's prefaced by this relationship that we have with him. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. And you know what, that, I think that kind of goes with that passage in the Old Testament that says that if we'll delight ourselves in the Lord, he'll give us the desires of our heart. Now how can that be? If I, if I delight myself in the Lord, he'll give me anything I want. And, and the answer to that really is pretty simple when you think about it. Because if we're really delighting in him, if we're abiding in him, if his word's abiding in us, if we're, if we're just really in tune with him, then whatever we want is going to be what he wants. It's not just going to be what we want. It's not just us giving him a list. And, I mean, I like the fact that Jesus said, whatever you pray believing, you can know that's going to happen. And so, just off the top of my head, I think, number one, I know God wants us to pray, and I want to, I want to pray. The Bible says, and everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be made unknown unto God. And Paul writing to Thessalonians said, pray without ceasing. God wants us to pray, but not just say the words. He wants us to believe him. And trust him. And that's what these verses are talking about. So there ought to be a sense of believing and faith in our praying. Whatever we're praying for. If 
we're praying for the salvation of someone, if we're praying for a financial need that we have, if we're praying for someone that's, that's sick, someone that's ill, whatever we're praying for, if we're praying for God to work in some way, make some, maybe we're praying for God to make something clear to us, whatever it is, we want to be believing, praying and believing. And, you know, David, uh, if you remember in the Old Testament, when David was praying for this child, his child, that was suffering and about to die, and he begged God, would you please save this baby, you know? But God didn't answer his prayer, right? In the way he wanted him to, God took the child. And the point being, you know, there was, there was a, God had a purpose in all that. God is a, we don't always know what God is doing. We don't always know that. But if I'd been David, I'd been praying the same thing. Lord, please help this child to live. And, uh, but God sometimes has a plan that, that doesn't fit into our plan. I just had a conversation just recently with someone who's struggling over that very thing, something that happened in their life that they just don't understand why God let that happen. And you know what? Faith does not have to have its way. Faith believes that God is supreme and sovereign and all-wise, and God has a plan, and, and, and we're really want, we want God's will to be done. That's an important thing to understand. So faith ought to have a measure of expectation or anticipation. What is God, and what am, I, am I really expecting God to answer this? And you're probably not as um, carnal maybe as I am. I'm trying to think of a better word than carnal, but I'll just use the word carnal. But I've prayed before, and I've actually prayed something, and then I caught myself thinking, you know, you're not even really believing that what you're saying is going to happen. And I'm not saying that God doesn't hear our prayers. I'm not saying that God might not even answer a prayer like that. But in my own heart, I thought, you know, you can do better than that. Maybe we need to spend a little more time figuring out what we really think God wants to do and trust him to do that. Because God may not want to do what I want him to do, but what I, we want God to do is we want God to do what he wants to do. And that's what we're looking for. And when we're doing that, we, even if we don't know the specific outcome, I think it's possible to pray in faith and you don't even know the specific outcome because you don't even know exactly what, you, what God wants to do, but you can still trust Him for it. That's, that's one of the reasons why I believe personally that Jesus put that in, the, in this pray in this manner. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Sometimes we don't know what God's will is and all the ramifications of it. But we can, pr we can trust God for His will, say, God, whatever your will is, that's what I want. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but many of us have prayed those kind of prayers. I've prayed them many times in my life. God, I don't really know what's best here, but whatever is best here, I, I want it to happen. I want your will to be done in this situation. And that's faith. It's faith because I'm trusting in the Lord. And, and, and for faith, there ought to be a measure of expectation of anticipation that God is going to do something. That definition, that great definition of faith in Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith believes that God is going to do something. And a little further on in that same chapter, in the sixth verse, where it talks about 
really what our, our faith is, is really has substance. It has substance. It has, it, we can't touch it, but we, we know it's real. We know it's right. We know, we know God is going to do something. So we ought to pray with that. And again, I say, because I think we need to understand this, we're not, we're not making the sincerity of our faith the object. God is the source. God is the object of our faith. Our faith is not the object of our faith, but we ought to examine our faith. Lord, when I'm praying, I want to be sincere and I want to be believing. I want to be believing that you're going to do something. Even if I don't know what you're going to do, I want to trust you that you're going to do what's best. We read that passage recently over in Psalms where it talked about how that they hindered God by their unbelief. You know, it reminds us of the words in the Gospels when it talked about Jesus and it said he could do no mighty works there in Nazareth in his own city because of their unbelief, because they didn't believe, they didn't trust him. Because God works in answer to our faith in response to our faith. And what is it that limits God? We're going to wrap this up, but what is it that limits God? There's nothing God cannot do. A God who can make everything out of nothing. Who can, who can create with just his own words. Create life. Create light. A God who can make anything out of nothing. What, limit, what can limit God? And the answer is the only thing that the Bible says limits God is our unbelief. We're not trusting God. We're not believing God. And so tonight, what is it that you and I could be trusting God for tonight? What is it we could be trusting Him for? Maybe in your own life, maybe in your family, maybe in a loved one, maybe some specific area where you need direction. And uh, we're going to mention some prayer requests and give you an opportunity to share some prayer requests in a minute, but before we do that, I just want us to take a few minutes and just talk to God about this, about our believing, about our faith, about trusting Him. Um, God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. I mean, God rewards diligent seekers of God. He wants that. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. God blesses that. Not second or third or whatever. Seeking ye first. So let's, let's just spend a few moments tonight individually just thinking about this whole matter. And I've been thinking about it today in my own heart before God. Lord, I don't want to just say words. I want to just really be believing and trusting you for your will to be done. And so, with that in mind, let's pray together, all right? And we're going to just individually seek the Lord and talk to God. I'm not going to give you any prayer requests. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. We'll go over some specific requests and have some requests from you. But I want to begin by just claiming God's promise. These are great promises we've talked about Tonight, if you ask anything according to his will, he hears us. 
that anything we ask without doubting, anything that we have faith, we're believing, asking prayer, believing that God will hear and answer.